I am Kathy Brox, and this is the LUTG Radio Show. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. I thank you, Lord God, for giving me a desire for you. Lord God, and a desire to be a blessing to your kingdom, Father. Amen. To the people in the earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord God, for you speaking through me today and speaking to the hearts of those that listen. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we can evoke joy and peace with your word. Amen. And some wisdom. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, we say, I am healed. Hallelujah. I am healed. Hallelujah. No evil shall come nigh me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Glory to God. No evil shall overtake me. No evil shall overtake me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Glory to God. Say it with me. I'm whole. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I'm strong. I got the word on the inside of me and I'll never get sick. I'm whole. I'm strong. I got the word on the inside of me and I'll never get sick. Poverty is not for me. It's not my identity. I'm whole. I'm strong. I got the word on the inside of me and I'll never get sick. I'm strong. I'm whole. Amen. You got to speak to yourself. Glory to God. You're like, well, Kathy, what about those people that are sick? Uh Uh-uh. Go up to them. If you can get to them or if you can't get to them, this is what you do. You write that if they are your loved ones or your friends or your boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, whatever, associate, neighbor, whatever, coworker, whatever, wherever you at, write their name down on a piece of paper and then start, start talking over it. Start talking to it like they standing there with you. Now, that don't evoke no, no spirits to come. No, we rebuking that. This is all about Jesus. I want you to take that piece of paper, write their name down on it and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak life to their mortal bodies. I call them healed. Amen. I rebuke sickness in their body and I call them healed now. Pardon me. I call them healed now in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm not sick. I just have phlegm and I need some water. Call them healed. Call them healed. Now you don't have interruptions. People going constantly, okay, so and so, can you do Okay. Yeah, I'm on my way right now. And while you walking to wherever they got, wherever they at, just hold that paper in your hand. In the name of Jesus, they are healed. So whatever their name is, Johnny, Mary, Jane, whatever, whatever their name is, you say to that, you say to that name, to that person, because that name represents a real person. You say you shall live and not die. Some of y'all are like, well, what about the ones that died already? Well, have they been poked and prodded yet? Has it been more than three days? Four days? If it's less than four days and you want them to rise, now be careful. They may freak some people out and they may be in a freezer. They may be in a bag and they definitely naked. But you can do that thing. Jesus, Jesus rose up Lazarus. Whatever Jesus did in the Bible, you can do. He says in John 14 and 12, greater things shall you do than I because I go home to the Father. He already saying, you're going to raise the dead. 
All you got to do is have faith. Invoke the word of God that is on the inside of them. Speak life to them. As long as their breath is still in their body, meaning this, as long as their spirit is still in their body, they can rise. This is why you you pray the Father in the name of Jesus, because God knows where they at. He know where they at. So you pray the Father in the name of Jesus, and you tell them to live and not die. All right. Now, if their body has already, if their spirit has already left their body, that's a whole other story. That you know, you gotta work with Jesus on that, because oftentimes they are with Jesus. And they don't want to come back. I ain't going to even lie to you. They don't want to come back. I know firsthand. You want to stay with Jesus. That's the straight up truth. You want to stay with Jesus. However, if they were not saved, you want to pray for them and make sure. <laughs> saved or unsaved, you want to pray for them and just ask God to have mercy, you know, and, and you know, bring them back so they can get saved. Uh, you like, Kathy, why are you saying that? You're going to make people cry. No. This is a faith-based show. And if you ain't saved already, and if you ain't ready to hear the truth, you may want to turn it off. I hope you don't. Just listen. I ain't trying to make you mad or nothing like that. I'm trying to lift you up and give you some information. One, Jesus loves you. And he loves the whole world. Two, you are what's called a speaking spirit and you can do any and everything that Jesus did except for die on the cross and die for people's salvation. You can't do that. You can do all the works that he did, but you cannot get on a cross and pay a price for somebody's salvation because you were born into sin. He wasn't. That's the only thing you can't do. But all the things like miracles and healings and deliverances, bam, that's all you. It's already written on your spirit to do that. The word is in your heart. It's already there. Boom, baby, 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 baby. That is you all day long. Oh, wait, you just got some revelation. <laughs> God loves you and you should know that. So we're going to move on to something else. Um, And speaking of wisdom, I got some wisdom scriptures here for you because I I just, I wanted you to know that you don't have to be afraid. Like I always say, in 2 Timothy uh, 1 and 7, it says, um, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's absolutely true. And in these, when things are going all kind of haywire and people like, Let's go into a completely socialist society. Let's forget about capitalism. And why it may seem good. Um, when this thing is over, you capitalists, you people that like having a paper route and having your own money and not having to give away 50% of whatever you earn to socialism, you going to be begging for capitalism. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I ain't rich yet. But I will be. I believe that. <laughs> I pray for the miraculous. I mean, if I could pray for somebody to be healed, I can pray for my finances to be healed. Don't you think? I think we should be praying for our finances to be healed so that we'll have some money 
you know, when this thing is all over, we'll have some money. We'll be like, come on, girl, let's go to dinner. Yeah. We going out to a restaurant. I'm looking forward to going to the restaurant. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm not even a really, I like restaurants, but I've been in the back end of a restaurant. So I, I kind of like to pray and let God lead me which one to go to. Or get a bunch of people and get the, get like their experiences, you know, because I've been to the back side of the restaurants. And ah. <laughs> I always check, you know, you want you want to check the rating in the window. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want a restaurant where they can buy their rating. A restaurant that buys their rating is no good. You want one that earns their rating. Amen. One that takes pride in what they do. When you find a, a, a cook that a chef or a cook that really enjoys what he does, chances are he gonna make sure that kitchen is ex- exquisitely clean. He or she. Because they gonna be eating back there and they don't wanna eat in trash. And so anyway. I just love a pe- I pe- love people's opinions on restaurants because you know they just give it to you real because they paying for their food so they gonna they gonna give you the real real so I'm really looking forward to going to the restaurants going to the movies going out dancing just having fun living life going to the library which is one of my favorite things to do I know it seems kind of geeky but I love books. I love going to the library. I like the way they feel. I like the way they smell. I like to touch them, to peruse them, flip them open. I just, I love books. I do like to read them. Sometimes it takes me longer. It depends on what it is. When I'm not like spread out all over the place, when I'm not worried about money, I can focus on reading. When I'm not worried about bills, I can focus on reading. How many of you guys are like that? When you're not worried about something, you enjoy reading and simple things so much more. It's like when you go bowling, if you haven't, if you don't have the money to pay the mortgage, you're like, why am I here bowling? I should probably be saving this $2 for the mortgage. When that $2 would probably get you some peace to just so you can relax, but you can't relax because you know that mortgage is due. Are you trying hard and you laughing and <laughs> You're like, yeah, you think in the back of your mind, oh, dang, my mortgage is due. What? Get you some scriptures and stand on the word for God to pay your mortgage. I mean, because you're already in the bind, right? I mean, since you're in the bind and you're looking for work and you're looking for ways to, to get this thing done. So you spend eight, ten hours a day looking for ways to get this thing done. How about you give God maybe, I don't know. 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, because I know you you a hard worker, right? You be working your butt off trying to support your family. But how about maybe you give God maybe a half hour, 15 minutes or a half hour, and get you some wisdom scriptures all up in you like, okay, Lord, show me how to do this thing. Sister, a brother needs some money. This is your son. I'm going to just say son because a son to God is both male and female. So your son needs some money. Gotta pay this, gotta pay that. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Trust God, you know what I'm saying? Trust God with all of you. Exodus 28 and 3. I'm in a King James Version. And it says, oh, let me blow that up a little bit. Okay, so it says, um, 
And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. You know what I hear? I hear a skill. I hear a skill. How many of you all are seamstress and sew garments and things? Or even you just like uh, repair tears in garments and you make it look so good that you can hardly see that it was messed up? Or even if you just, you know, slap a patch on a knee. That still takes some kind of skill. How many of y'all know that God will give you, even if you have never sold one thing in your entire life, God will give you the skill to sew a dress from scratch, from a pattern, or teach you how to make a pattern? Jesus taught me how to make pancakes. One day I was hungry. I was in Illinois, and I was working over at the Chase Bank, um, but I was being paid less than all the other workers there. I had I was the only one in the area. Uh, in my division, I believe, with a, a college degree, and I was getting paid less than people that didn't even graduate from high school. You're like, Captain, how is that possible? They had a higher base, and um, they had gotten angry with this guy that was blessing people. And so I was the last person that he brought on, and um, they told him to negotiate lower for me when they should have negotiated higher and I didn't know anything because I was so desperate and I was in a car with my mom and I was being pressured to get a job so I kind of just took whatever I I knew that wasn't right and he knew it wasn't right and uh but his boss was pressuring him to not pay people of color well and uh and so he got in trouble for trying to uh for hiring people and then getting them an apartment in this complex I guess he must have lived there or something. That that's the story that I heard. I don't know how much of that is true. I only know my experiences from it. And so anyway, um, I was doing a job because I, I love the job because I got a chance to bless people. And so I was, you know, speaking my scriptures to them, teaching them how to, you know, pay their debts down, how to pay down their credit cards. And I was teaching them, I was like, you know, tell me what you can do. I said, before you tell me what you can do, you know, I want you to, I want, while we on the phone, I'm, I got time, go ahead and add up what your Put write down what your how much you make by the week or by the month. How much you make by the month. How much is your rent or mortgage? How much is it for your car payment and your insurance and um food and uh stuff for your kids that you you know, you know, cause you gotta pay pay for soccer, pay for basketball and all that other stuff. And I said, Okay, now how much you need to go to work? I said, Okay, we add out all all up subtract that from what you get in monthly. And then I want you to do whatever you got left. I want you to set a portion of that away for savings and then tell me how much you got left. And I said, you know, okay, out of what you got left, I mean, you don't already pay your, your rent, your uh, utilities and everything. How much of what you got left? Cause you're going to need some pocket change. How much of that can you put towards this bill? And you're like, Kathy, why'd you do that? Because when you don't allow people to live, they don't pay their bills. That's why I would do that. And I got some of the highest returns. I got returns and I was able to set up uh, automatic payments for like three years out. So even when I left, money was still coming in under my name. 
And so I was able to set up just multiple payments and people trusted me and they would call up there looking for me (laughs) because they trusted me because I would be honest with them. I'd be like, look, you know, I would rather give you a small payment than have you make that payment every week or every month. And a lot of times I would uh, do it by the week because sometimes when you get paid every week, it's easier to pay every week than it is to pay by the month. And I would go according to what was good for them. And if they needed to skip a week, I would skip a week. If they needed to skip a month, I would skip a month. And I would just add a little extra, you know, either the previous month or the month after so that they could, so that they would still be meeting their goal. And so, you know, I would just, I would make it, I would just go all around and make all kinds of arrangements for them. But don't you know, they bills got paid off. Don't you know that? And so God will give you wisdom to help people. All you got to do is believe and God will give you wisdom to help yourself. All you got to do is absolutely believe. You got to believe in you first. Believe that you can, because one of the greatest things that is happening right now is not the coronavirus. It's the belief and the faith in the coronavirus to kill people. And people are going around as soon as they get sick, they start taking all this ibuprofen and all this other stuff. And that and muscle relaxes and that stuff is what's killing them. You like it's not the bacteria. I'm, it is opening up a gate for the bacteria. I was listening to these reports. And it's opening up gates for the bacteria, which means it makes the, the body so weak and, and it's not able to function and perform the way it's supposed to. It's supposed to kick flu out. But those muscles in the body get so weak that it's not kicking it out. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. And I keep wondering, well, what else is in this thing that the body is not able to fight it. I know it's from an animal base. And animals uh, immune system is different from humans. However. We are the highest on the chain. We are the highest on the chain. We don't need three stomachs. We only need one. We don't need three hearts. We only need one. Our DNA is made in the image of the most high God. So you, be, I want you to start confessing to yourself. I have an excellent immune system. I have an excellent immune system. Now, I'm not doubting what the doctors are saying. Do whatever them doctors tell you to do. Go ahead. But why are you doing whatever they tell you to do? They tell you to take a pill or to take water or to do whatever. Take this. Take the word of God and say, the Lord said that I am of sound mind and body. Therefore, I'm healed. God said that he provide for all my needs according to his riches and glory. Therefore, I am not struggling. I don't have to hoard anything. God will provide for me. Even if he got to put food at the door and knock on the door for me to open it, God got to do it. If he got to bring food in the middle of the night by the spirit and lay it on my kitchen table or put it in or fill my refrigerator with food, God is going to do that. You believe and you trust the Lord because God will provide for you. Remember the story I told you about my pastor, Pastor Bill Winston, and Ms. Love, Ms. Love, her daughter, became a, she was a drug addict, and she had like three, four, five kids. And you know how drug addicts do? They don't mean to do it, but they get so messed up on them drugs that spirit of addiction gets on them, and they forget about the one, the precious things that they love more than their own life, which is their kids. The one smart thing that that woman did was she left her children with her mother. However, her mother was probably retired and she had enough income for her. Now, all of a sudden, she got to stretch her income for her amongst five, her and five other kids. 
So she was running out of food every month, running out of food. And one month, it got so bad, all they had was water from the sink in a mayonnaise jar. Water. That's it. She cleaned the entire apartment, cleaned the kitchen, and she prepared the place. And she said, come on, y'all, let's pray. And she started praying and praying. She said, Heavenly Father, we uh, we believe you for food. Ain't no, wasn't no food in the cabinet. She cleaned the cabinets. Wasn't no food on the stove. She cleaned everything. And she prepared her cabinets and her refrigerator and her table and her house to receive the anointing of the Lord. When you want a thing, you got to uh, clear out the dust and the particles that are in the way. Because the blessing, you want to just give the, you want to anoint your place by cleaning it. Give it a, give it, give it a, a good sweep and a good cleaning so that the anointing can come in. You, you like, do you have to do that? It's a, when you don't have something, when you don't have money to sow and you don't have a way to sow your time, you sow what you have, which is your presentation. So you want to present to God a clean space and say, look, Lord, this, I believe that you are going to provide for me. So I'm cleaning off this space. And I am believing that you're going to fill it with food. And so she prayed and prayed and, and pastor was on the other end of the city. And he heard God say, I want you to go to the store. I want you to buy groceries. And him and his wife, they went to the store and they bought a whole, buy, I guess he don't buy groceries for a bunch of, for six people. And they bought a trunk full of groceries. And they went. And he says, I'm going to tell you where to go. And so God starts giving him turn-by-turn directions. Turn-by-turn. This is is the wisdom of the Lord. He's giving him turn-by-turn directions on where Miss Love lives. He told, he he following, he didn't know the lady's name at first. He's just following God, following the Holy Spirit. Takes him into a projects, which is, government housing which is one of the most dangerous places to go back in the 60s and 70s i should say back in the 70s and 80s back in the 70s and 80s and some of the 90s the housing projects those big tall towers were some of the most dangerous places to go when they first built them they were nice and they were pretty however people figured that you could hide out there and you can do all kinds of criminal activity there and so they did and so they made it one of the most dangerous places for families to be. And it was supposed to be something nice. It became like a prison for many a people, many of families. But God heard Miss Love. And so he told, he told this young pastor and his wife to go take these groceries. So he pulls into the, into the parking lot. And he says, hey, y'all know anybody that's hungry? Somebody needs some food? And he's like, I don't know, man. And he said, you know, one guy was like, well, yeah, me. He's like, no, nah, that doesn't sit right with my spirit. The Holy Spirit ain't saying yes to that. And so then he pulls up to somebody else. And the girl says, yeah, Miss Love, she got all them grandkids up there. And he said, Miss Love, that's right. That sits right with my spirit. So he had them to show him where the apartment was. And so he goes and knocks on the door. And, I, and his wife is sitting in the car with groceries. And he knocks on the door. And 
the lady the lady you know you don't in the project you don't just open up the door you don't even look out the peephole because they used to put guns at the peephole and they would shoot your head off once you unlock the door you know they either rush in and bum rush you and do whatever and take whatever or they would shoot you in the head through the eye uh sometimes if you're standing in front of it they'll just shoot you in the belly because um sometimes depending on where you were the doors weren't steel and so you could just boom and a bullet would go straight through the wood and sometimes they would take they would come through the uh, medicine cabinet they would take the medicine cabinet off and they would just crawl through and get in your apartment and so you really had to be careful about you know when you went to the door you know so you would stand off on the side and you'd be like who is it and so she she did that and he was like, you miss love? Yeah. And she's like, well, my name is Pastor so-and-so. And she flung the door open because <laughs> he, he had told her. He said, I got some food for you. She starts screaming and yelling because she believed God for some food. And she said, come in here, Pastor. See them five kids? And so she starts telling him the story. And they go down and get the groceries. You know, they ecstatic. They are freaking happy ecstatic because god heard their prayer now how many y'all know that that kind of a testimony for somebody that had that kind of testimony that god will provide for them will get them to praying all the time there was this preacher that did the same thing his mother would do the same thing every time they were if they would run low she would say okay we're gonna pray and all of a sudden Boom, somebody would drop groceries on their on their front porch. So it's good to be obedient to the Lord. When God asks you to do something, do it. Because one, he'll never ask you to hurt anybody. He'll never ask you to become impoverished so, for someone else. He'll always provide for your needs. Sometimes he'll say, you'll hear him say, well, you got 10 cents in your pocket. Give it here. He did that to Benny Hinn because Benny Hinn was holding on. He sold everything except for 10 cents. I don't know why he did that. But he was like, I just felt like I wanted to have something in my pocket. God was like, what you going to buy with 10 cents? Give me that 10 cents. And so he gave, <laughs> he sold the 10 cents into the church. And God blessed him abundantly, paid all his bills off made him rich beyond measure you feel me so believe god because i'm believing god i know some of y'all listen to the program you listen to me you like to hear about getting healed i want you to be healed because god says you're supposed to be healed also don't want you to be poor because god said you're not supposed to be poor he wasn't poor jesus when he was a baby he pulled in 20 caravans of money and resources so that means he had 20 caravans. That wasn't just like 20, 20 cars and one person in each car. Think of it as like 20 families. So, and full staff, fully staffed grown men and women and their families. Those were employees. He pulled in like 20 families of employees that worked for him as a baby. Jesus pulled down 400 million as a baby. Say what? Imagine you got 400 million as a baby. Does that sound like you're poor? And that was back in his time when he was living 
in the earth over 2,000 years ago. Does that sound like he was poor? So then why is it that people honor poverty for Christians? What? Christians ain't supposed to be poor? Our God ain't poor. So please don't ever say that it's an honor to be impoverished because me and Jesus would love to slap you in the mouth. Now, if he slaps you, he may kill you, so he ain't going to do it. But I was sure it'd be like, look, Lord, can I go pop him? He's sitting up and saying he's supposed to be poor. That's the opposite of what you say because you called him rich. So if you calling him rich, why is he calling himself poor? God like, beats me. Don't know why he's saying that. Yo, why are you saying that? Have you read my word? <laughs> All right, so Exodus 31 and 3 says, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. You know what that sounds like? A business plan. That sounds like a that sounds like an industry to me. That sounds like multiple industries. I have filled you with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Sabe, 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 sabe. That's knowledge, baby. Believe God. Believe God. You can do things that you never thought you could do. You've been spending so much time talking down to yourself that you've convinced yourself that you're no good, that you can't do anything. And God's like, I made you a piano player. I made you an engineer. I made you a doctor. I made you an auto mechanic, but you're not just any auto mechanic. You got like a hundred different auto mechanic stores just in the United States alone. And had you believed me, you'd have had a thousand all over the world or more. So don't despise mechanics because their hands may be greasy. They may be laughing all the way to the bank with that grease going, yeah, buddy. I'm an entrepreneur, don't you know? (laughs) God is well able, if you will trust him with your life, He will trust you with his word and he will open it up to you. He will open it up to you. You are made to be blessed and not cursed. In Genesis 12, uh, chapter one, chapter 12, verses uh, 12 through uh, three, it's in the uh, morning scriptures. And it talks about, I will bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. He's saying, trust me, lean on me because I got you. Don't be afraid to take a step because you got haters. There's always going to be haters somewhere lurking around going, let me see. Let me see how I can trip up their game. I was watching this movie last night. Some of, it was about, um, I think it was called The World We Make. It was about these young kids and this boy, this young man was um, in college and, you know, he's about to transfer to go to Los Angeles and whatnot. And he, his boy died and, you know, he got to dating his sister because they was close in age and whatnot. And she wanted to tra- take a trip cross country because her and her brother was going to do it before he died and so um you know they they together and his father was building his car from scratch he was a mechanic he's building his car from scratch to give it to his son that had died but he died before he could fix it so he let this boy that was dating his daughter his son's best friend 
drive the car into town one day and these haters happened to be there and they jacked up his lid and gave him a concussion because he was black and they was telling the boy you ain't gonna never be nothing the only reason why you got the scholarship is because of reparations it's because you black you ain't got no talent you ain't talented you can't do nothing and he had heard that for so long he had already said in his mind oh yes i can so even though he was down and out he kept saying oh yes i can oh yes i can but then when he got injured he had to he had to realize he had to fix he had determine was i gonna stand for yes i can and so he had really got his spirits broken because now he couldn't he couldn't pay for college because his dad had gambled all the money away he couldn't do a bunch of things all these things were harp all these problems were coming on him and he was afraid to introduce his girl to his dad because his dad didn't like the fact that she was white because he thought that this white girl wasn't gonna honor his son and so he had that on his plate, and then he finally introduced her. And sure enough, dad was true to form. Dad invites a black girl over who also told the girl that she wasn't good enough for this black man. And why is she taking a black man, the one good black man in the town, away from the black women? And how many of y'all know love ain't got nothing to do with color? Sure don't. Not a thing. And so anyway, this girl... He, he was dating. He had broken up with the girl, the little white girl. And while they were broken up, she goes and she has her breakdown because he kept asking, have you cried? Have you cried? Yeah, and she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. She finally breaks down because all this stuff has gotten on her and she all upset and he breaks up with her. He's like, I'm doing this for you. She's like, you're doing it for me? Don't I have a say-so in this breakup? He's like, well, I'm doing it for you. I'm going to just do it because I don't want you to get hurt. I'm going to just do it. Look, I love you. Bye. And so she said, and she breaks down and she all upset, right? And then she decides to sell her brother's horse because her dad had already told her to sell a horse. She sells the horse for like 10 grand, 10 or $20,000. And she gives a $10,000, $20,000 to this boy that she loves so he can go to college. Because he stopped dreaming. He went and got a, a job at a factory. And his dad told him, in 10 years, you can be supervised. He's like, 10 years. Because before he thought, man, I'm going to be like senior VP or some major corporation or CEO and in like seven, five to seven years. And here is his dad's like, you know, you work hard, you put your, you know, put your, you know, put the muscle to it. You, you become a supervisor, low level supervisor in 10 years. And so his girl was like, uh, uh, nope, you going to finish school. And so she gave him this money. She gave it to the dad. She's like, can you please make sure he get this? So the dad did a decent thing finally. Gave it to him. You know, they and, and so she helped him with his dream. And so then she helped him with her dream because her dad didn't want her to go across country on his horseback by herself. And so he says, well, I'm going to go with you. And so they ended up helping one another. And dragging that, dragging her dad out of his funk because he had lost his wife to cancer and then lost his son in an auto accident. And his other son was begging for attention, but he couldn't focus because he was grieving so much. And so here it is. These people of different colors and different backgrounds are coming together, helping one another for love. Even when the police tried to blame this guy that had gotten beat up and injured and knocked unconscious 
They tried to say he stole the car and that he broke the arm of the dude because it was three dudes on one that he broke the arm of the dude that was attacking him. How do you, how do you, how does one person assault three different people and that's a fair fight that he should get arrested? And so the dad of the girlfriend had to come into come and enter. He's like, wait a minute. I gave him the car to drive to go pick up some groceries. What are you talking about? And the cop had to go, oh, well, so-and-so said, he's like, I don't care what they said. He didn't do anything. He was minding his own business. You have to come, you have to stand up and do the right thing and 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 stand up for people that are being mistreated. Because when you allow wrong things to happen, wrong things continue. Now, had that boy just mind his own business, he because he wanted that girl. He didn't even want to honor her. He just wanted to screw her. Pardon my language. He just wanted to have marital relations without marrying her. But this black dude wanted to marry her. He had a plan for that life. He wanted to marry her so much that he didn't even have sex with her. You know, after the first couple of days, you know, a month in, you know how people do. They be like, man, I've been with you for a month. You know, I think that entitles me to a little nook, nook, bup, bup, little juice, juice. Yeah. I don't care how old you get. Some dude that does not honor you or some female that does not honor you a month in, sometimes only three dates in, they're going to say, let me get some of that. Let me get, let me, let me taste what it is I'm waiting for. If you're waiting for it, you don't need to taste it. You need to believe. You need to believe. That's what my cousin said to me. She said, yo, if a dude wants you, he'll wait. If he really loves you, he will wait. If he truly loves you, he will wait and he will not ask you for sex. He will wait. And if he if he's a man of God, he'll believe God for that anointed union. He'll believe God. And so I was like, what? She says, you're worth waiting for. You have absolutely got to believe that. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's some wisdom I can use. Because I was like, man, I'm X, Y, Z. You know, I, I don't know. if You know, I, don't, I was like, for real? She's like, for real. She goes, if they really care, they'll absolutely wait for you. And so I got that in my mind. I said, okay, I'm going to test this out. And so I'm like past 10 years waiting for the right one, right? But I said, you know what? God, is, she's right that I am worth waiting for. I truly believe that I'm worth waiting for. So I'm going to make sure that I say no at every opportunity that comes my way. Because I can't tell you how many times I get asked, yo, let me hit that. What? Now, this be people from people that have known me from back in the day or people that, you know, maybe I once dated or somebody I just met. Can you imagine somebody you just met, you just say hello? And they like, and they like, can I hit that? And I'm like, uh, no, no, thank you. I'm not interested. (laughs) Trust God with your full heart. 
And one of the ways you begin to trust him is to give him your heart and receive his forgiveness for your, for all your sins. The word of God says, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you want to repeat this prayer after me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sins before you this day. I give up my past life with Satan and close every door to all Satan's devices. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and for bringing me back to where I once was. From this day forward, Lord Jesus, I will be sensitive to how you feel. I won't hurt you. I will obey you, Lord Jesus. I ask you to present me to Jehovah in your name. Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you rose from the dead, that I am saved and receive you today wholeheartedly, 100%. Give me your wisdom, O Lord God. Make me a light in a dark place. And from this day forward, I will leave this place and share you with everyone I meet and everyone I know. It's commitment, Jesus. I will get this world for you. I pray this prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus with evidence of speaking in tongues for the edifying of the body of Christ Jesus by the will of Jehovah God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Jesus loves you, beloved, 100%. Amen. God would have it no other way than for you to be blessed. So receive your blessing. It is yours now. You are completely saved in the name of Jesus. You have been forgiven of all your sins. God loves you. He loves you. Read your Bible every day. Um, uh, start with uh, the book of uh, Matthew. So I want you to do this. Do Matthew, Mark, and then um, Acts, the book of Acts, and then the book of Luke, and then the book of John. So Matthew, Mark, Acts, Luke, and then John, because it'll give you a better understanding of the life of Jesus when he was in the earth. Amen. Amen. And then, um, so, um, one thing I also want you to do before you start, um, before you start doing that, I want you to learn about decreeing. So I want you to read the book of Genesis, read the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, and you will hear God decreeing the creation of the earth. And as he decreed, I want you to begin decreeing things for your life. So read the first two chapters of the book of Genesis and then go back to those books that I told you to read because I want you to learn how to decree, which means you can decree your own health because God said you are to be whole and healthy of sound mind and sound body. So start claiming it to decree a thing is to say it is to say it like you look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. Say I am healed and I am beautiful. 
I am healthy and whole in my whole body. You ain't sick. Say, that's right. I ain't sick and I ain't going to never get sick. Decree life to yourself. You feel me? You heard? Decree life to yourself. That's what I'm saying. This is Kathy Brox for LUTG Radio's WKKP Digital Broadcasting. Glory to God. We are all over the world. Amen.